Well, this week we finished up uh, reading through the Bible. I think it finished up actually last week. And we've started to go through Acts. And we're going through Acts with sort of in mind, uh, what can we draw from Acts that can help us as a church as we think about where God is leading us? And where things are headed with us as a church, there's the coronavirus right now, we're online. Uh, we don't know how long that's going to last for, but however long it does, if it stays forever, if it ends next week, uh, whatever it is, the Lord has something new for us as a church. And uh, we're looking through Acts to see, to sort of get an idea of what that new thing might be and and sort of bring our expectations up to that. And the first thing we've been looking at that's new about the church is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what that means for us as a church, that our church is baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the things that it means for us is that each one of us has a gift uh, given from the Holy Spirit. And the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, doesn't encompass everything that the Holy Spirit does, but it's a small part. And as we looked at uh, this last week, Paul talks about that also, that it makes up the body of Christ, the body of Jesus, in a literal type sense, that everything that we saw Jesus doing, that that picture that we see of Jesus, that picture is now alive and present in us as a local church body. Uh, we're small, but we have all the aspects of who Jesus is. And what that means is each person has a different aspect, a different gift that brings us into that. And, and we all need each other, and we all need those gifts. And this week we're looking at one specific gift. There's actually a few gifts that are taking place here because uh, having an apostle, being a teacher, those are all gifts, but, but the story that we're looking at here in the first 10 verses is someone getting healed, someone who couldn't walk, uh, experiencing a miracle, and the Holy Spirit, this baptism of the Holy Spirit given to their church, is resting on Peter and John, and the gift that Peter and John have that's seen here as a person that no one could do anything to help in terms of reversing what it was that was wrong with him, not being able to walk, and a miracle where now he's able to get up and walk, and everybody sees it, whether they're religious or not. Everyone recognized who this guy was, recognized the situation, and there was just no denying it. The Holy Spirit did something. And so we're going to look at this, and we're not looking at it uh, with just this one in mind, the gifting of being able to do a miracle like this or uh, the gift of being able to heal people in places such as this, we're looking at it with that in mind as that that's the example that we're looking at, but we're looking at it because it says something about all the that we have, every single gift and who we are as a church. And so here's how the story starts. It says, one day, Peter and John, and Peter and John at this point were uh, something that they, they sort of transitioned from being called a disciple of Jesus to an apostle of Jesus. And what that means is they were carrying on that witness of Jesus. And Peter and John at this point were probably uh, were in charge of the church. They were 
two of the people who were sort of most prominent and leading the church forward. And it says they were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. And the, this is something that we see often, and we'll see it throughout Acts, and we see it as something that Jesus was doing. It was sort of a routine that they did. And the reason why they did that is because people from all around gathered at that time of the day. So it was there to pray, to talk to God. But they also went up because there was lots of people gathered there. And in the gathering, all those people, it was a good opportunity for them to be able to share the gospel. And so they would often go up and tell about Jesus and share with people at this time. Yeah. So it was something that they were had been doing, uh, that they were used to doing. And it says there was a man who was lame from birth, being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those who were going into the temple court. This man, he came for the same reason. He came to, uh, he, the reason why he was there was to be able to try and get some sort of livelihood as people gathered together, as people were there. Um, the reason why he was brought there was so that he could uh, get a little bit of cash from different people coming in and out of the temple. And, and so what you see at the beginning of the story, it's sort of laid out that you have this routine, this day-to-day -day thing that John or Peter and John were going through to be able to share the gospel. And then you see, on the other hand, these guys helping this other guy out who can't walk, and he's in a routine too, and they're doing it every single day. And the thing that pulls it together is these two routines sort of collide or meet at this gate that's called Beautiful. And the interesting thing about this gate called Beautiful is that no one knows where this gate is. <laughs> And people think, well, it might be this gate or that gate, but the, all those gates are called by a different, a different name. And so no one's aware of what this gate called Beautiful is, but it's obviously a label of a gate. If you look at the meaning, it doesn't just mean beautiful in the way that we think of beautiful. It's talking about beauty in a specific aspect of beauty. It's uh, the beauty of timing. And so you can see that the name, the place where they met, this routine, this routine, this person coming to do this, this person coming to this, and they meet at this place that was already there at this time that people had been trying to respond to God and to come for prayer. And all this comes together, and the label that's put over it is beautiful and timing. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. And that is what uh, this uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit means. And, and that is how we figure out what it is that the Lord has called us to do as a church and how the Holy Spirit leads us. And also, how do we as individuals in that church, how do we know what gifts that we have? It, it's all brought together with this one simple concept of it's the Holy Spirit brings things together in just beautiful timing. And there are going to be these instances in our life. Sometimes it'll be at church. Sometimes it'll just be walking down the street. Sometimes it'll be driving. Sometimes it'll be at work. Sometimes it'll be through all the different routine things that we do. There will be this moment when the Holy Spirit is going to do something. 
and he will bring people together through all the routines and orchestrate the whole thing to give us this moment. And what the Holy Spirit does is he makes this moment beautiful. Beautiful. And if we look for those moments, if we follow those moments, that's what marks what the Holy Spirit is doing. These times when we might just be tempted to say, this is, wow, what a coincidence. I can't believe I ran into you. What a coincidence that this happened and this happened. What a coincidence. is It's not a coincidence. <laughs> Things like that don't exist. It's not luck. What it is is the Holy Spirit has miraculously brought us together in such a way, and the Holy Spirit will do something in that moment. Sometimes it will be something like this. Uh, where someone gets healed. Sometimes it'll be a word of encouragement. Sometimes it will be a person being able to, with a gift of hospitality, being able to invite someone in, someone being able to help someone, a gift of administration, a gift of teaching, whatever the gift might be, the gift becomes evident at this moment. And the gift makes it beautiful because it's the Holy Spirit. And, and so the encouragement for us as a church as we try and think through the, the tempting thing to me, uh, you know, and, I, and maybe for you too, is I just think, well, I just need to be more alert. I need to be ready for this. I need to be just like walking around, like looking. And, and yes, that is true. But that's also just going to leave you like a little bit battle fatigue because it's almost impossible to just sort of go around in this anxious expectation with every single encounter, every single move. It, it, you can just relax. What he's telling us isn't like, look, all these beautiful moments depend on us being alert. Okay? It's great to be alert. We're not going to be able to be as alert as we need to be. What he's saying is, is the beauty, the rest, just relax. The Holy Spirit is doing it. The Holy Spirit is going to bring it. The Holy Spirit is going to make it known. And so for me, I know a lot of times what happens is I'm walk, you walk by people all the time, but every once in a while, I walk by and someone says something or something happens and, and I walk away and I just think, oh, I, I'm not sure that I should have walked away right then. And I may go, according to my gear, I'll, I'll maybe go to the bank, get some money and go back and try and find that person. I may just go back and try and just talk to that person. I may go back and just see what's going on. And sometimes it's at that moment's lost. Sometimes it's just sitting there waiting for me to come back to. But what the Holy Spirit wants us to do is to see that he is alive and active in the church and in our lives. And he's the work that he's doing is bringing these moments where he's going to do something that makes this beautiful. And it's not a burden, but it is something that we can look forward to. It is something that we can view as a beautiful thing that we would want to have in our life. And so he's saying, be open to it. Treasure it might even be a better word. Remember these moments. Look to these moments for guidance in where I am that I'm leading. Now, here's what it says next. It says, when Peter and John uh, were about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him as John did. And Peter said, look at us. 
So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. But what you see here is, if, here's just what it is that's happening in the background of our lives, and it's mirrored perfectly here in this story. As we walk around in routine, we oftentimes uh, struggle, we try and create routine. And even with the Holy Spirit, we try and make our giftings to be sort of routine because we find this security in what's routine. We're like heading to work. We don't think about what we're doing on the way, but the Holy Spirit may interrupt us on the way. We may be going to get something to eat. We may not have time. We have a meeting that we're late to. We, we have all these things that we're pushing things forward. And that's what this guy is saying. Look, well, here's this thing. This has happened to me many of times. This person's going to give me money. This is what everyone always does. But what the Holy Spirit does here is you see all this routine going on, and the Holy Spirit breaks through that routine. And when he breaks through that routine, you can see what happens with Peter and John. What they're noticing here is this guy's not really looking at them. He's just looking at the routine. He's just thinking, well, there's going to be some money coming to me. I need that to get by to this and this and that. But he's just looking past Peter and John as people. And he's looking past who God is and what God might be doing. And that's what we do all the time. We sort of look past anything that God might be doing at this moment. And when we do do something to help, we oftentimes just look past the person. We don't even have an interaction with the person. We just try and hand something off to them as quickly as possible and ignore who they are. The beautiful thing about what the Holy Spirit does is he creates this beautiful moment. And what that beautiful moment is about is about us being able to see each other, to recognize this. It's a beautiful moment about human beings coming together. That's what's beautiful about it. And when Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. The, it's, it's not exactly that he says, I don't have any money, because he obviously does have money. I mean, even if he had forgot to bring money with him at that point, the disciples, Jesus, everybody had cash that was given to them as a church. He's the head of the church. He had access to cash to give to people to help them out and more than likely had money that he would give out to people. But, but what the wording there is that he says is that he says, look, you think that what's initiating this beautiful moment is the receiving of some cash, but that's not initiating it. Look at me. This is initiating like I'm a person is standing here before you, and not just a person, but a person that represents God, the Holy Spirit. In other words, we, of course, we ignore God. We ignore people that we see standing right before us. He's saying, this is what initi is initiating it forward. This is what I do have. I have who I am. And I have who God is with me. What he's saying is that sometimes we just sort of try and make things into this habit. And we just think of it as, as copying things over and over again. We raised one kid one way. And so we just assume we're going to raise all our other kids the other way. When, when this situation comes up, we're just going to always deal with it in this way. But what we're looking past when we do that is, 
is the uniqueness of every situation. And what makes a situation unique? People. People are different. There is no two people the same. But we keep trying to generalize everybody. It, it says when he, he took him by the hand, helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet and began to walk, and then went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, praising God. He wasn't allowed in the temple before, one, because he couldn't walk and go with them, but now he can. But also there was a cultural thing that was going on there, that because this guy had so much need, they viewed him as being a sinner or as someone who was different than them. And they were coming there to offer sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. So it wasn't that people didn't realize that they needed forgiveness. Everybody understood that they needed forgiveness, but it's that this guy's need rose to such a level that they thought there's nothing I can do to help. It's all on this guy, that there's some sort of division between him and us. And that division means that he doesn't have the kind of relationship with God that, that we can have. All that was broken down. We try and push people into generalizations, and we, by just a glance, we will, we will look at people and make a judgment how we're going to categorize them. Sometimes we'll think, I don't have anything in common with this person. How can I have a friendship with this person? I, I don't like any of the things that they do. They don't like any things that I do. I, I look at this person, and I can tell what they're thinking. That they're not thinking. I, I can tell what they are. We, we do all these things to just sort of generalize and to gauge that just sort of push people off. And all we're doing is just looking past people. But what the Holy Spirit does, what's beautiful about it, isn't that, you know, I needed some cash, now I got some cash. The cash isn't what's beautiful about it. I needed healing, and now I got healing. The healing is beautiful, but, but what's, that's not the most beautiful thing. There's all these things that we feel that we want and that we need. And when we think of the gift of the Holy Spirit, oftentimes we think of giving those things, doing those things, changing these situations. But what needs to be changed is our heart and the way that we just look past people. One time, I don't even know, I wasn't going to share this story because it's just, I'm not sure, not sure how people will take it and I'll try and explain it, but you know, have some grace with me as I explain this story. One time I was being discipled by a pastor. Uh, the pastor had uh, a lot of gifts for healing people, and the church had um, the, the, the portion of the service where people came up for prayer and received healing. I, I received healing through that. I, I know that a lot of people received different healing. It was a, a big deal for the church, and I remember the pastor telling me one time, he said, look, when I first came to the Lord, and I was trying to figure this out, my giftings, I had read this story where it says he took him by the hand and pulled him up and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I had just read this, and I was in a service, and I saw a guy in a wheelchair um, singing a song, and I just felt the Holy Spirit telling me to that this story was what needed to happen here. And I ran over and I grabbed the guy by the hand and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And the guy just fell down to the ground. Now, he, he was not telling me this to say that no one ever gets healed then. <laughs> he believed people did get healed. 
he was telling me this to let me know that we can't just look at these stories and just forget about the people and think, well, the Holy Spirit has told me to do this, and so I'm just going to go do it, and we just railroad over people. As we pursue in our gifts, the reason why we're talking about this in general terms as far as how the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit relates to all the gifts that are happening is not to... Uh, uh, be a detriment to this one gift that we see here of a person being healed. But it's that we can see that the Holy Spirit always acts in the same way, regardless of the gift. And, and what we need to understand is it's not, our job is not to go and look through the Bible. Everything is accessible to us, but nothing can be copied. <laughs> You can't do it exactly. It can't happen exactly. Every moment that's there is unique. Now, that's not to say someone may part the Red Sea. That could happen. Someone could get healed. The words of encouragement, the teaching that we see that happens there, all these gifts are accessible to us as a church, and they all will happen for us as a church, but they will not happen exactly the same. It won't be something that's just copied because. Every person is different, and the Holy Spirit never looks past who you are. The Holy Spirit values who you are and who you are in terms of being different from someone else. That is, the Holy Spirit cannot ignore that because God is the one who created us to be different. And we... When we look at people, we find all the things to try and find that we have in common because we think having in common. What he's saying, look, that's not it. That's not what this is about. What it's about is what we have in common is I'm alive and you're alive. So let's start looking. Let's, let's stop looking past each other. <laughs> They had probably, there, there's no indication whatsoever that this is the first time that Peter and John had seen this guy. It, it, there's every indication to think that they had come here to this temple, through this gate, at this time, multiple, multiple, multiple times. And this guy, it says, he was there all those times. And that's not to say they had done something wrong, he had done something wrong, that this didn't happen. It just says that out of all these times of interaction, this was the moment. This was the moment that the Holy Spirit chose, and the Holy Spirit chose to do something to heal this guy so that they could walk in to the temple, not just so that they could walk into the temple, but that one of the byproducts, they could walk in together praising God. And what you see is it's not just them, but it says when... Uh, they saw the same man who used to sit at the temple gate called Beautiful. Everybody knew who this guy, everybody had been passing this guy by. And some people had just been giving him some cash. There's probably a few people who knew who his name was, who actually stopped to talk to him. But everybody had seen this guy. Everybody knew it. And everybody was, there was this label of beautiful in timing. And it says they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. It brought everyone together, but it brought people together with wonder and amazement based on a hope in what God's going to do for us. 
what the baptism of the Holy Spirit means always for every church, what the gift of the Holy Spirit means always to every gift is number one, it's something that the Holy Spirit is doing to capitalize on a moment in time that's just this perfect moment that the Holy Spirit creates and he's making it beautiful by dispersing his, the gifting that we have that's given uh, to us by him in whatever unique way. There's ways to sort of lump giftings together. One could say teaching this, but no teaching is the same. No healing is the same. Everything is unique because of who we are and because God is never going to look past us. And if he can't look past us, then he has to recognize how different we are. Because as soon as you get to know someone, as soon as you see something, no child that you have in your family is exactly like another child. Even if everyone looks at them, people look at like, you know, our girls and they just all look the same. They're not. <laughs> They're completely different, my daughters. Everybody is different. And that's a good thing. It's something that God takes pleasure in. That's a beautiful thing. And God never looks past that. But he brings, because of his Holy Spirit, the gift that's there, he gives us these beautiful moments that break down all these barriers, that, that break down all the hurt that we have, that, that break down all these stereotypes that we have, all the way that we just sort of pigeonhole people into this role or that role or this or this or that. It just, the power of the Holy Spirit breaks through all that so that we have this beautiful moment, and that beautiful moment is defined by us seeing each other as we are, beautiful, and pulling us together so that we can praise God together and bring us into His church that's seen in this case of a local church like ours. And so what's the Holy Spirit going to do for us as a church, or what is it that we should have to look forward to? We should fully expect that everything we see in the Bible, the Holy Spirit may do, but he's going to do it in a different way. He's going to do it in a way that fits with us, who we are. And we should expect in all encounters that we have for the Holy Spirit to bring these beautiful moments together for us. And these beautiful moments will look different, but they'll always bring us together. Bring us together as a church, a local church, praising God. Well, what are the things that are the same? It says here at the end, we'll just skip. We didn't read this verse, but I'm just thinking right now, let's just look at it. Uh, look down towards the end of Peter's sermon, verse 19. He says, repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. The word, the word is actually, I, I like the sort of general word, it's actually obliterated. <laughs> all the things that you've done wrong, all the things that, and, and what does it mean to do something wrong? It means something that you've harmed yourself, you've harmed, you've harmed your own life, you've harmed other people's lives, you've broken down what the beauty of life is. That's what it means. All the things that we've done to just sort of break us apart and to tear away the beauty and the uniqueness of who God has made us to be and how each of us are different, all that we've done to tear that down, he's just obliterating all that. When the Holy Spirit comes in, it just obliterates all that and pulls us together in a way we would never be able to come. And then he says, 
He obliterates their sin, that times of refreshing uh, may come from the Lord. That word times, we've looked at that before. It's a very specific word for time that's in the same vein as beautiful. Beautiful in timing, it goes back to that same thought. Uh, the word there for timing is like when an archer pulls his bow. And since none of us have ever done archery, you know, we don't have any idea. But, but you know, apparently as far as you pull back, like where the arrow goes completely depends on the release, that, that, that moment of the release. So, so it pulls back, and it's just the perfect release so that it hits it on the bullseye. That's what that word means, that, that perfect release, that timing. It just happens just perfectly right there so that this result happens. Uh, it's also used in uh, Greek culture to coin that phrase. We don't know anything about weaving e either, but apparently there are these like weaving things. I don't even know how to describe them but it puts all these strings up and at the precise moment you have to stick this string or something through there. I don't know how to explain this because it's so far from our culture, but that the point is it's this precise moment in time so that the effect that it's going to be beautiful, the effect that we desire becomes realized there. And it's, and it's based on a timing that, that almost is superhuman. It's like we, we couldn't get that. Per the Holy Spirit will just time things perfectly. And then the word refreshing, it just means revival. Uh, what are we looking for as a church? We're looking for revival. Why, why are we looking for revival? Because we want to practice different gifts? No, because we need revival because the people around us need revival, because our culture needs it, because our city needs revival, our area needs revival. And the Holy Spirit has put us as a church to be the body of Jesus and has given us the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that we can actually, all that Jesus was, that people saw, the effects that Jesus had on their life, the whole encompassing of who Jesus is, that effect is given to us as a gift of the Holy Spirit, and each one of us has some small part that's unique, but we need each other, because if you take us all together, it forms who Jesus is. And the Holy Spirit is going to bring more people in to fit more things. And as we grow and as people come in, we're growing to be more and more like Jesus as these gifts that the Holy Spirit pours on people. And how do we find that? We're going to find it in all these moments that happen at, right in the middle of all our routines. And we just, it's not that we have to be so on alert that we're battle fatigued but it's that we just need to be open to what the Holy Spirit is doing, willing to stop our routine because it's something enjoyable, because it's something beautiful, because it's what life is itself, because whatever it is that we've been hoping to get from silver or gold or from our job or from this or that or whatever it is we're rushing to in our routine, whatever it is that we had hoped to get from whatever routine we're in, that doesn't have it. That doesn't provide what it is. But this perfect moment, that provides it. And what it's always going to mean is connecting with a person, seeing a person. And what it's always going to mean is us being able to walk together into worship and join each other in church. And church universal, but 
it'll happen as people come into who we are as a church body. And what that does for us, for us as a church, when that happens, what it does for our area and why churches are so important to an area is it brings badly, badly needed revival to people's lives. Let's pray and then we'll, after I pray, I'll I'll talk for a little bit more so that you guys have some time to get communion going. And Andrew will sing uh, one more song and feel free to sing, but also you can sort of gather your stuff together. And, you know, as we take communion, I, I know that some of you might even be in a car or you might be somewhere where you just don't have access to anything. It's not the, the actual symbol that we're looking at here. If you don't have anything, partake in communion uh, in the bread and the cup by just say amen to yourself. That'll be your way if you have nothing else to hold on to. Uh, you can even just say amen in the chat box if that's what you have. But please uh, remember Jesus. Remember what he's done. and partake in this hope of this baptism of the Holy Spirit that he's promised to the church, to us. Let's pray. Jesus, we uh, thank you uh, for not leaving us alone here, for leaving us with our brothers and sisters, for bringing more and more people to be our brothers and sisters. And we thank you for making those relationships happen for us to be able to see each other by not leaving us alone yourself and leaving us the Holy Spirit, uh, leaving us you and your power to pull us together. And please forgive us for all the ways that we look past people. Please help us with all the hurts that we have, the needs that we have. But we pray that you would just do it in a beautiful way through your Holy Spirit so we can see that you're with us and that your people, your children, are with us too. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.